I can I, I always love preaching on on thanks having thanks, but it's also such a a powerful and such an important part of what it is to be a believer. And 2020 has been a very tough year, right? We look back on this year, and this truly has been a year that will go down in history. Like I'm 45 years old, and I I look back on my life, and personally, there's like like five years that were very important to me. Or like 2011, you know, I got married. Was it 11? Yeah, 11. 2013, Ethan was born. And 16, Ezra was born. And we planted this church 2012. There are certain years that will like stand out uh, for you personally. Like maybe like you graduated from school on this year and you, you, those years will kind of stand out. I think for everybody that is alive today, even little kids like my son, Ethan, he will remember 2020. Right? You guys, we were all, like, even when we were like 90 years old, and we're like, oh, you should have been 2020. Well, you know, like, we're all, there will be a part of history because I don't think we've anybody within this recent, like, generation of people have experienced anything like this. So it's, you know, it's, we will always look back on 2020, and much of the world, we look back, and there is really, you know, not much that we can be thankful for. That's the world sentiment. They look back on this year and they just want it to, to be over as soon as possible. Like, when will 2020 end, right? Like, let's get past 2020. There's all those memes. It's like a dumpster fire and there's 2020 or like something horrible happening. It's like 2020, you know, and, and I miss those days that I can go outside and the sun would hit my face and like you get the breeze to hit your face. We can't experience that anymore because it's always got masks on, right? I will, I can't wait for that day when we don't have to wear masks anymore. I, I don't I don't really even know what it's like to not have a mask and the fear of not wearing a mask. Like I remember I went to like somewhere and I didn't have a mask and I just like I like freaked out. I was like, what do I do? And so like I looked in our car and there was like Ethan's mask. It's like literally this big. I put that on and like literally covered this up in my face. But I walked into the store to like buy something and I was like, it's just this fear that we have and it's been a very tough fear. And the world would see this year as a year where it's not, there's not much that we can give thanks to. Right? We look back and, you know, there's, there's millions of people that have contracted the virus. And there's, you know, I think 1.5 million people that have, have, have died. Um, and so we, we, we look at this year and, and for much of the world, they, they would look at 2020 and be like, there's not much. We want this year to be over soon. There's not much that we can really give thankful, be thankful for. But Thanksgiving that we are supposed to have as Christians is very different than that. You know, it's we we look at things in light of circumstance, right? We're like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful that this happened in my life. I'm thankful that my life is going in this way. But that's not how the Bible talks about Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving that is depicted in Scripture is very different than the thanksgiving of the world. And the Bible has a lot to say about thanksgiving um, and about having a heart of thanksgiving. First Thessalonians, I'm going to read a lot of passages really quickly. First Thessalonians 5.18, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Psalms 107.1, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks always. Ephesians 5. For everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 3. And let the peace of Christ rule in your heart so 
to which indeed you were called in one body, and, and be thankful. And then one of the most famous is Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And what the scripture says, says that a peace that like transcends understanding. Right? It's like there will be a peace in your heart that you don't know why it exists in your heart and in your mind. Will come upon your heart, will guard your heart. Colossians 4.2, continue steadfastly in prayer, be watchful in it with thanksgiving. All throughout Scripture, there's all this, so many passages and so many instances where we are called to give thanks. And there's so much more that I'm written here, but I don't want to keep reading these passages, but there's so many passages and so many sentiments in the Bible that talks about our need to give thanks. You know, according to God's word, thanksgiving and gratitude should be our default setting. You guys know what a default setting is, right? It's like something that this is like a like something that's supposed to be this way, right? When when you know when even when we're setting up all this thing, we we want to make sure that it, it's on the default setting so that everything works. But thanksgiving and having a heart of gratitude is and should be the default settings for all believers. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Jesus Christ for you. It's, 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 it's a setting of our heart that's going to make your life work the way that it's supposed to. Right? You know, as a believer, Jesus has a, a way that God wants your life to go. Right? God has, a, has a, a way that He wants your life and your the things that happen to you and the things that you do, there's a there's a there's a a way that he wants you to go, and and the way that you're going to follow that path, and the way that you're going to find that that destiny and find that purpose for your life is for you to have a heart of thanksgiving. And when we look at how thanksgiving is talked about in the Bible and in the Word of God, it's not a suggestion. It's like the Bible never says like maybe you should be thankful. You know, like you you should try being thankful. But it's a command. It says, be thankful. Right? Be thankful in all circumstances. Now, this may not make sense to you today, because when you have the world's understanding of thanksgiving, being thankful always doesn't seem feasible. It says, give thanks in all circumstances. That doesn't make sense. When you go up to like a non-believer and you tell them, give thanks in all circumstances, they'll look at you funny, Right? Like this is, don't you know what's happening? It's 2020. Like you know, like I forget. Like, like 43 million people have been affected by COVID 19, and then 1.5 million people around the world have died. That's 1.5 million people. Can you imagine? Like how? Like, like, you know, like you fill a a, a football stadium with like like 70,000 people, right? And I don't know what a soccer stadiums are even more bigger. There's like a hundred thousand people, right? But imagine 1.5 million people. You can't even like look at all of them, right? And they've all died. And people have lost loved ones throughout this year. And they're like, how? The world will say, how do you give thanks in these circumstances? I heard of a young woman and her brother that lost both their parents. This, this, this uh, sibling couple, like not a couple, but siblings. They're young. I think she just graduated from college and lost both of their parents to COVID-19. And, and they will tell you, how are you able to be thankful in that situation? And the Bible isn't talking about finding a silver lining. Everybody talks about, 
oh, at least you you have your health, right? It's like everybody talks about the silver lining, like, oh, this is bad's happening, and they're like, well, well, at least this didn't happen to you, right? Bible's not talking about a silver lining, you know. It, the Bible isn't talking about replacing the bad with something that's good, because that's that's still circumstantial. The Bible's talking about this concept of even though, right? Even though, despite, despite what's happening, I will give thanks. Right? You know, it's it's something that the world cannot recognize and they don't understand. You know, they always look for the silver lining. Oh, they go try to find the good. But what if there is no good? What if what if ultimately everything is bad? Are you still able to give thanks? Today we want to talk about true Thanksgiving. I've, I've been talking. Entitled my sermon, Thanksgiving 2020. And, and it, it's, it's something that we really need to reflect on and say, can I give thanks in this season of my life? What does it look like to have true Thanksgiving in our hearts? What does, it, what does a life filled with thanks and praise always, like, and always be able to have that look like? But before we go on to talk about you know this Thanksgiving, I want to talk about the worldly sense of thanksgiving and kind of like our understanding you know our our, our less in more immature understanding of thanksgiving is this is what the world this is how the world looks at thanksgiving and the first thing i want to point out is that thanksgiving is not a thank you right? we all, we all you know we all know how to say thank you right? you know we teach our kids ethan at a young age knew how to say thank you even ezra no, he, when he was like, even not he barely talked. One of the first words he would say is, "Thank you." You know, they, 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 we all learn thank you. But true Thanksgiving isn't just words, right? It's not just something that we say. It's not something that's it's beyond courtesy, beyond manners. It's 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 a heart thing, right? And and Thanksgiving is not a transactional thing. And we treat Thanksgiving as a a stipulation of like a transaction, right? The world sees it this way. I'm thankful if, right? I'm thankful because. I'm thankful that this is in my life. I have this. You know? I got my new PS5. I think, you know, like, there's gratitude there. And I'm sure there's real thanksgiving, but it's really conditional. It's a transactional thing. When they don't have that, the thanksgiving isn't, doesn't exist in their hearts. And we treat God like a salesperson or, or a waiter. And He gives us something we need, and then we're able to give Him thanks. But true thanksgiving is not a transactional thing. It's not, you know, true thanksgiving is very little to do with what He gives us. And it has everything to do with who He is. But he gives us everything, right? I'm not telling us to take for granted the things He gives us. He gives us every good thing in your life, is from God. Seriously, every good thing. Right? You know those shoes you wear, Harry? Those are good shoes. It's from God, right? Uh, the nice white sweater is from God. Like God, every blessing, every good thing from the Lord is uh, that we have is from the Lord. And and so in in it, we give thanks for to him for the things that he gives us. But our source of thanksgiving isn't things that He gives us. It involves that. I'm not saying that we're not supposed to be thankful when He gives us stuff. But it's about 
thanksgiving in all circumstances is so much more than just getting something from God and giving Him thanks. Whether He gives us what we want or need, true thanksgiving is not a transactional thing. Many times we see it like this with God. Whenever someone says, like, you know, let's give thanks to God, and they're always trying to think of, like, okay, what do I have? Well, at least, I, I, at least I'm, I, I'm in a relationship. At least I'm married. You know, like, at least I have a kid, or at least I have that. At least I have a nice, nice place to live, right? They're trying to think of all these things that they have, and it's not bad to be thankful for those things. We have to be thankful for those things, but in Thanksgiving, true Thanksgiving that we're called to is so much more than that. If that is our level of thanksgiving, we're no better than the world. Because the world is thankful for the things that they have. Even like the, like the most like, you know, like the, the most like the worst person, you know, like some, some you know, like just, a, just an evil person, you know, and they, get, they win the lottery, they have to be thankful, right? Like, oh, I'm so, I'm so happy, right? But it's so much more than that. And we, we treat God... Like he's like a salesman or a waiter, and we, we treat it like he, it's a transaction that we're getting. We give him a thank you because we get what we want. That's not what true thanksgiving is. And also, thanksgiving is more than a sentiment. It's not just a feeling. It's more than a feeling. Something sometimes we're all like going to give thanks. You know, we when we give thanksgiving in our hearts, we have it right. You know, like when something good happens to us, when. When, when you ask somebody out and they say yes, and you're like, oh, you know, like Thanksgiving. But it's more than a feeling because we're called to have it in all circumstances. It's easy to feel thankful when you get what you want. It's easy to, you know, to feel thankful when, you know, you're eating that delicious food yesterday, right? I was like, you guys are thankful, right? It's not even, most of you guys didn't even pray, right? We didn't have to cut, to cut it and let's pray, right? I've never seen a vegan eat so much turkey so fast. AJ, like I got my plate and he was already done. And he's like, you know, like you guys were thankful that the food was good. Imagine if it was bad. Right? Imagine you took that bite and you're like, oh, what is this? This is not turkey, right? And imagine if it was just a horrible meal, right? And, and would you be able to be think- thankful? We don't, when we don't feel it in our hearts, it's easy to give thanks when we feel it. When, you know, like when, 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 when you know, our children was born, I was like, oh, thank you, God. Like, they were healthy. I was like, oh, thank you, God. You know, when Mina said yes, I was like, oh, thank you, God. You know, I, I was so grateful. But what, what if I don't feel it in my heart? You know, because there are seasons where you're not going to feel it. And yet God says, give thanks. How do you do that? And also, Thanksgiving is not for God. God is not sitting up in heaven. He's like, oh, Harry did not give him thanks before he prayed. Like, he ate his meal. God is not up in heaven needing our thanks. He doesn't encourage Thanksgiving because he's like this insecure guy up in heaven wanting our gratitude. It's not about God. It's, it's, it's more about our hearts and how we can be transformed and how we can become more like God and more like Jesus when we are able to give thanks. It benefits us. 
it changes us. It transforms us. So it's, it's, it's not, we all think like, oh, I got to give things to God because God is lack. God lacks nothing. There's nothing that God needs from us. You know that? There is absolutely nothing that God needs from us. Really, there's nothing. And yet God says, be thankful because it's for you. So what is true biblical understanding of Thanksgiving look like? What is it, you know, how is it supposed to bear fruit in our lives? What true Thanksgiving, right, in order for it to be true, is rooted in relationship. It's a response of a soul that is in true relationship with God. Thanksgiving is more than a feeling. It's a response to God's truth in our lives. When your relationship with God goes from that shallow place where you're just like praying before meals, you know, and you give thanks, and, and you know, you, you know about God in your head, and you understand that, you know, you should believe in Jesus. And when it goes from that shallow level and it goes start to go deeper into that place where God's truth starts to be embedded into your heart, right? That's where true thanksgiving flows from. And here's the thing. You can't have truth without relationship. You can't. Some of you guys think, oh, I, I, I know God's truth in my mind. Right? But unless it's in your heart, you're not going to understand who He is. Think about it. Say I set up like, like Molly on a date, right? I tell him like, oh, there's this guy. He's good looking. Molly's already like, oh. And he's like, he's, he's charming. You know, he's funny. And he's like, oh, you look like you're talking about you, Caleb. Like, no, you know. Just kidding, right? He's, he's charming and he, he's, he's well-educated. He's smart and he's rich and all this blah, blah, blah. I tell you all these things, but it's not going to really matter to Molly until Molly meets this guy and they're in a relationship and she's able to experience it for herself. I can tell him he's great all the live long day for hours. Tell him about all of his great qualities and all of the great things that he's done and all of the awards that he's won. But unless Molly is able to meet this guy and know, know him personally... That truth about him is going to fall on deaf ears. It's not going to really matter. And that's the thing with God's truth is God's truth cannot be real unless we're in a relationship. I know a lot of people with a lot of head knowledge. They can recite scripture to you back and forth. They can they know they know like church history like it's nothing. They know all everything in ins and out about the Bible. But then when you really try to get at their soul and in their heart, they're, they're like they're not there. Because there isn't a relationship there. True thanksgiving flows from us when God's truth it becomes a reality to us. And in that place of relationship where you're like, Oh God, you, you really love me. Like you, you, it's not just like some words that I know. Like I can really feel your love. I can, you're really good. Like you went, I don't know if you've ever experienced God's goodness but like, like the first time I experienced God's goodness, it blew me away. I was like, oh my goodness, you're, you, you're so good. And it's only in that place where you, where you know God is true. Thanksgiving is going to flow from you. When, when His truth is established in your heart. You know, people can tell you God loves you till you're blue in the face. 
But that doesn't become true to you until you actually experience His love and relationship. We used to go evangelizing. Like, you know, our church used to do this thing called 1038, from Acts 1038, where, you know, you could go out and evangelize. And we would go out in groups of three or two, and, and then we would go out, go to parts of Seoul, and I would, like, come up to people, and I'd be so nervous, right? I, I'd be so nervous that I would go to, the only thing I can tell them is, oh, Jesus loves you. And they'd be like, oh, thank you, right? <laughs> I was like, oh, Jesus loves you. Oh, yeah, thank you, right? I could tell them Jesus loves them forever until that truth actually becomes a reality in their hearts and they're going to start to realize, oh, He really loves us. He really loves me. And I'm telling you, it's only in that place that you're going to have a relationship with God where you're going to be able to be thankful to Him in all circumstances. Now, it's easy to give thanks when you're getting what you want. But it's hard when things are not going, things are not going your way, and what's gonna get leave you in that place of true thanksgiving to really come from you is that relationship with God, is your relationship with Jesus. And next, my point, my second point is that true thanksgiving is unconditional. Give thanks in all circumstances, not just when things go your way or when you get what you want, but in all circumstances. When you get the job and when you lose that job. When you get healed or when you get sick. When, when she says yes or she says no. It's, it's in all circumstances that we're supposed to give thanks. The thanksgiving that the Bible describes is an unconditional thanksgiving. Now how can this be? And this takes me back to my first point is that it's only possible... In relationship. Because your thanksgiving flows from a place of true relationship with God, the God of the universe. And you encounter Him and His love and His grace in real life that He is who He says He is, always. That's how we're able to give this unconditional thanks to God. You know, the Bible doesn't tell you to give thanks for anything. I want you to read through the Bible, front and back. It never says, give thanks for. It's always give thanks to. In all circumstances. So when you get fired, you know, it's not telling you to be thankful for getting fired. People think, some people think like, oh, these bad things are happening. I'm supposed to be thankful for the bad things that are happening in your life. No. Right? That's not true Thanksgiving. That's just, you're just being a mess kiss, right? You're just, you're just, you're just, you know, it's not, it's not, the Bible doesn't tell you to be thankful for the bad things that are happening. It says, be thankful despite, through all circumstances. So when you get a cold, you're not supposed to thank God for this cold. Giving things in all circumstances reveals a heart of faith that says, God is bigger than all of my circumstances. I'm not going to focus on what's happening in my life, but I'm going to focus on Jesus, my Savior, because He's for me, He's with me, He's never against me. You know, when we're conditional with God, we treat God, like I talked about earlier, like He's in the service industry. And we ask Him for something, we give Him our prayers, we give Him our obedience, and He gives it to us, and when we get it, we give Him praise and thanks. And a lot of times that's how we, we see God. And that's how we see our relationship with God. 
And when we see God in this way, it's hard to be thankful when things don't go the way that you want it to go. There's no substance to that relationship. It's a transaction. It's The focus is on what we want. Now a lot of times, this is a superficial level that we remain in our lives. We remain in this superficial level where... Where our thanksgiving is contingent on our satisfaction in our lives. Am I being satisfied? I know some of you guys will go to those restaurants and like, I am not satisfied. I'm, I, you look for those like suggestion boxes, you're like, chicken was dry, you know? The sauce was like, no, not good, you know? I'm not satisfied. Well, your thanksgiving to God is not based on your satisfaction. Because... The things that He gives you is not supposed to satisfy you. He is supposed to satisfy you. If you're only being satisfied by the things that He gives you, you don't have a relationship with God. You have a relationship with things. Right? Not like, I could give Ethan toys until, you know, he's like going crazy. At the end of the day, I'm his dad. He's my son. Right? You, all the toys in the world not going to replace that relationship. But so many times we, we our relationship with God is like based on the things. You know, the things that He gives us, the job that I got, the relationship that I have, you know, like the car that I have, and the, the, the things like the new iPhone and like, you know, my clothes and this. And the, all of a sudden you look at where's the source of all that and you feel far from Him. This is when we treat Him conditionally. And remaining at this level of thanksgiving is not what God wants for us. not what Jesus died on the cross for. There's little faith there. There's no power. But unconditional thanksgiving with God. God's not a salesman. He's not a waiter. He's not somebody that's supposed to... not a vending machine. But think of Him as like... He's like a multi-billionaire. Who's a multi-billionaire that you know? Who's the most famous multi-billionaire? Anybody know? Who? Bill Gates, right? Imagine I'm Bill Gates, right? I know he's taller, older, not as good looking. I'm just playing. I know what I look like, so please don't think I'm like this prideful man because I I'm not. <laughs> but imagine I'm this multi-billionaire and and that that takes not like his own child, but just like a beggar on the street. Like a like a, a child who's an orphan, he's all dirty, you know. Like we've been to India before, and you know those little kids that come up to your window and they knock on the door and be like, ah, and you feel bad, and you give them some money, and then all of a sudden your car is surrounded by like like fifty kids, and they're all you know. Imagine one of those kids. I'm a multi-billionaire, and I take one of those kids off the streets, and I take him and I clean him up, and I put new clothes on him, and I feed him, and not only that, I I Give him everything. I, I tell him that you, I love you. You're my child. You know, I've adopted you. You're no longer an orphan. You're my son. And an heir of my fortune. So when I die, you're going to get everything. Everything I have is yours. How do you think that child will be thankful? To his new father. And as they live together, he might not have, he might have bad days. He might not get what he wants. He might not get the type of toy that he wanted for Christmas, 
or his birthday, but his thankfulness to his father will be unconditional because it's not based on a thing, it's based on this new relationship. And that's the source of what our thanksgiving is supposed to flow from. God, the God of the universe, took us. You know, like, we're like, like scum of the earth. I don't even know. We're, we're com- com- compared to God, we're just like, we're just like the worst, right? We're sinners to God. We're the worst. And God takes us, and He doesn't just say like, oh, I'm going to make you one of my servants. No, He's like, I'm going to make you a, one of my children. You're my son. I love you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to give you everything. We're co-heirs with Christ. And from that place comes the thanksgiving that the Bible talks about. And in our walk with Christ, our unconditional thanksgiving to God is only possible when we enter into this true relationship with Him. When we experience the true love and the eternal things that He's given us. You know, like, we're so like, like, you know, like our our minded, our minds are so like, like, like short-minded. What's the word? We're like short-sighted. We're, as human beings, we're so short-sighted. We're like, oh, like, what will I do? Like, you know, like I'm in my, I'm in my thirties and now what am I going to do with my life? We're so short-sighted, but God wants us to have an eternal pers- like perspective. He wants us to look at our destinies, not as 70, 80, 90 years on this earth, but he wants us to look at the important things about us. He, it needs to come from a perspective where he's like, look into eternity. You're eternally created. You were created to live eternally, whether in hell or whether in heaven with God. But you're going to live forever. I want you to be eternally minded. And and He gives us all of these things where He brings us into this relationship that sends us into eternal bliss. And that revelation is the source of this unconditional thanksgiving has very little to do with what He gives us. Yes, we're supposed to be thankful to God, right? When He gives us something good. But it's so much more than that. But everything that we do, who we are in Him, through this relationship, we're able to give thanks. You know, He changed us. We are a new creation. Old is gone and the new has come. We're like completely... God took, like, you know, like this, this... Dirty, imagine the dirtiest thing that you can imagine, right? You know, this thing, and, and he turned it into the most beautiful thing that you can imagine. That's what God has done for us. And from there flows true thanksgiving. My third point is that the thanksgiving that the Bible talks about, it produces true worship in us. The source of true worship is thanksgiving. <laughs> And the first sign of diminished worship in our lives is a diminished sense of thanksgiving. In Luke 17, Jesus is passing through Samaria uh, and on his way to Galilee, and he comes upon ten lepers. Right? A long time ago, leprosy was a big thing. And then ten lepers, and they cry out to him, like, have mercy on us, Jesus. Right? They're like, oh, you know, we've heard of your story. We've heard of the things that you're able to do. Have mercy on us. Uh, like, save us. And then he, he tells them, and he... he he heals them all, right? and he sends them on, on on their way to go and wash, right? And then, and then and then they all go and they're all healed, but only one of them comes back. Only one of them comes back, and and he falls at the feet of Jesus, and he worships him. 
They were all thankful, but only one had true thanksgiving because it produced worship. They're all, like all of them were thankful about their circumstances, right? But then only one of them had that thanksgiving where they, he came back to Jesus and he's like, I, I'm going to worship you. I'm going to fall at your feet and I'm going to worship you because you're a God. True worship isn't just singing or coming to church, sitting through a sermon. It's the overflow of joy and thanksgiving that comes from an understanding of who God is and who we are in Him. It's the overflow of the power of the gospel. Do you believe, do you truly believe what the gospel says about your destiny? Another thing that we see from this passage is that true thanksgiving is a sign of true faith. Jesus says, your faith has made you well. He goes up to the leper. He comes back. He's like, I'm so thankful. And there's this thanksgiving that's flowing out of him. And he just falls at the feet of Jesus. He worships him. He's just like praising him. And it says, your faith has made you well. When you have true faith in Christ, in relationship, it produces in us thanksgiving. And that produces true worship. You know, it's, 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 there's a very close correlation between faith and thanksgiving. If your faith is real, if your faith is, is, is growing, and you know what? God talks about a measure of faith. We are all in different processes and, 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 and different journeys in our lives, right? You know, like, I'm at a different place, and, you know, like, we're all at different places. God gives us a measure of faith, but if, when that measure of faith is tested and grows, you know, it can grow. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a testing is about stretching and strengthening, right? It's about, it's like a muscle. Our faith is like a muscle, right? You can have muscles like me, or you can have muscles like Josh. I talk about Josh because he's getting so big these days. Right? I think guy's huge, right? Right? Our faith, we can, we can grow it, or we can, you know, like keep it the same. But in the same way, our faith, the measure of faith that we have is gonna, is gonna be equivalent to the. The, the, the level of thanksgiving that flows from us. Right? Because when you're growing in your faith, that faith, when things, like, you know, like we all have measure of faith. And so maybe, you know, you have a faith that, like, you know, looks at something and is like, oh, yeah, that's not big. But then you might grow to a place where you have faith in you, where you're like, oh, God, this is, this is real. This is, like, like you, you're so good. And, and from that place where your faith has grown, where God is starting to like woo you and wow you about things in your life, that's going to produce that thanksgiving in your life. So there's a correlation of faith. And my, my fourth point is that true thanksgiving keeps our hearts from grumbling. Grumbling in the Bible is something that God really does not like. This thanksgiving keeps us from Forgetting, forgetting what God has done, right? God hates grumbling. It's the opposite of Thanksgiving is not not giving thanks, right? Not like those people where, you know, you, you do something and they don't say thank you. That's not the opposite of Thanksgiving. The opposite of Thanksgiving is grumbling, is complaining. The Bible talks about it as, in the word in the Hebrew, is called murmuring, right? Discontent ungratefulness. Grumbling is a sin, and it's a very dangerous sin. And you know, you guys have all heard of the story of the Israelites in the wilderness. They literally see these miracles that God does. It's amazing miracles. You know, the ten plagues. If I've said this in my sermon before. If I saw one plague, 
Right? If you if I went outside right now and it started raining frogs, like literally, I'd be like, oh God, this is amazing, right? If I go to the ocean and it's turned to blood, I would be like, God, you are real, right? You know, like he, he does ten plagues that are miraculous, amazing, and then literally frees them from Egypt and then and, and parts an ocean for them. God does these amazing things, and then all of a sudden, this is like weeks after God does these things. Numbers 14, it says, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would that we had died in the wilderness? Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will be become a prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to one another, Let us choose a leader and go back to Egypt. And that grumbling came when they chose not to remember. You guys have to understand, they didn't forget. Right? These aren't like, they, they, it's not like they had a lobotomy and they're like, oh, I can't remember. You know, like Finding Dory. You, you've seen Finding Dory. Dory can't remember. He does, she doesn't have any like long-term or short-term memory. It's not like they, they, they have that problem where they don't remember. They remember. They just chose not to remember. You know, this is something that a lot of us, we struggle with. We choose not to remember. We choose to remember. We choose. It's, it's all a choice. I can choose to focus on my circumstances and all the bad that's happening in my life, or I can choose to focus on the good that God has done in my life. It's a choice. It's not like we forget. We don't forget, right? We're not like Dory. We, we have short-term and long-term memory. And for those, if there's anybody in here that doesn't, I'm sorry, right? I'm, <laughs> But we, it's not that they like all of a sudden like forgot what God had done. It, they chose not to remember. It was a choice. If they had chosen to remember and dwell upon what God had, had done, faith would have risen up in them. And they would have been able to see the Egyptian. They would have looked at, to look at the wilderness and said, God is greater than this. But what did they do? They chose not to remember. But instead of thanksgiving and, and the promise of the promised land, they had grumbling and, and God got angry. And wrath fell upon him. And what happened? He says, How long shall this wicked congregation grumble against me? I have heard the grumbling of the people of Israel, which they grumbled against me. Say to them, as I live, declares the Lord, what you have said in, me, in my hearing, I, would, I will do to you. Your dead bodies shall fall in the wilderness, and all of you, of all of your number listed in the census from 20 years old and upward, who have grumbled against me, not one shall come into the land where I swore that I would make you dwell, except Caleb, yay, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun, right? And in our lives, a lot of times, we have this selective memory about what God has done. And instead of God testimonies and, and the amazing things that God's done and, and, and holding on to the promises that He's given when we choose not to remember and then we look at our, our, our circumstances and God, why not this? And we're like, God, why can't you give me this? I asked for this. Right? I wanted this. To make it happen like this. My way. This way, right? And we grumble towards God and we, you know, like we don't grumble at Him but sometimes we have that feeling like, God, I feel discontent. I'm just going to try to fix it on my own. Because you're not taking care of me. I'm going to go and take care of myself. 
And this is what is we choose. And that's the language of our flesh, right? Our flesh rises up and it kills our thanksgiving and it kills our faith. Now, the Bible warns about grumbling. Miriam and, and Aaron grumbled against Moses and she got leprosy. People of Israel grumbled against Moses, Aaron, and, and, and God Himself, and they died in the wilderness. They were unable to enter the promised land. Don't let grumbling and a critical spirit block you from what God has for you. No, grumbling complaints, complaints directly or indirectly declares that God is not sufficiently good, faithful, loving, wise, powerful, and competent. Otherwise, He would treat us better or run the universe in a more effective way. That's how we think when we start to grumble. Faithless complaining is sinful because it accuses God of doing doing wrong. We we grumble towards God. We're like, God, why can't you do this? Why isn't this in my life? But here's the thing. You can be discontent and not grumble. God's not telling you that you need to be like those fake people, like, you know, like, everything is going bad in my life, and I'm going to have a smile on my face, and all oh, everything is well. You know, you met those people. You know, we met those people where they're like, things are going horrible in their lives, and they're just like, oh, all is well. You know, like, that's not what God wants us to do. You can actually complain to God and not grumble. And we see it in the Psalms, where, where, where David, he's like lamenting so much of the Psalms, are lamenting. There are horrible things happens in the song. These aren't just songs of praise. There's like songs where God, David is like, God, like, like my life is crap, right? He's like, my life is horrible. He laments. He cries out to God. You know, the psalmist pours out their heart to God, their sorrow. In Psalms 137, his anger in Psalm 140, fear. Longing, confusion, desolation, repentance, disappointment, and depression, all found in the Psalms. Either because of something that something evil happened to him or something that's a darkness that may have come into their hearts. But the psalmist, they're, they're crying out this to, the, to God, but there's a difference. They're not grumbling. We can tell God our deepest complaints, but it comes from the heart that knows that God is sovereign, that God is is good, and He is with us, and He's for us. And instead of grumbling and murmuring coming out of us, faith and thanksgiving will start to flow in our hearts. You know that you can tell God about your complaints? God's not like, He's not scared of your complaints. I, I remember I used to be a customer service representative for Washington Mutual, and I'd be like, every time a call would come, I'd be like, oh, this is going to be one of those complaints, right? I'd be like, oh, I did this in my checking account, blah, 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 you know God's not afraid of our complaints. We can, we can tell God the things that are not going well in our life. We can, we can lament Him. We can cry to Him. We can even be angry with Him without grumbling. Because grumbling is like, God, you can't solve this problem. I'm going to go and find my own way. Because you're not doing what you're supposed to do. You're, you're pointing the finger at God. But you can, you can tell God, God, instead of saying it's your fault, you say, God, this is my situation. This is what I'm going through. God, this is what I'm feeling. Like, this is the low that I'm in. Right? You could tell God that. God, this is... I'm lonely. 
I feel like, you know, I feel depressed. I, me and Mina, we've been through seasons like this. But we were both depressed, right? I think 2008, 19, and 18 were just years of depression for both of us, right? And we got counseling, right? We can, we're allowed to say, God, this is, this is the low that I'm in. This is how I feel. But instead of saying, it's your fault. Why don't you fix it? We say, God, we know that you're, you're, you're greater than this, the, what I'm in. I know that you're still good. I know that you still love us. It's from that place where we're able to say, I'm thankful even though and despite. David lamented all throughout the song, but he never lost sight of who God was to him and what he had done. He would always end it with like, you know, like your love, your, your, your everlasting love endures forever. Your faithfulness, your goodness endures forever. And lastly, and this is the part that I really love, is that true thanksgiving is supernatural power. We live in a life, you know, when we live a life of thanksgiving, there is supernatural power at work in you. Power against fear, power against anxiety, power against hopelessness, depression. Philippians 4, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving... Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. When Paul and Silas were locked up in prison, instead of worrying or fearing for their life, what did they do? They started to sing songs. They started to sing songs. They gave praise to God. All of a sudden, this earthquake happens, shakes the prison to the foundation, and the prison doors are flung open. And when they're free, they were, it wasn't just that they were free, they were able to evangelize and convert the guards. It's a reminder of God's supernatural power that exists in faith and giving praise and thanksgiving to Him. And if you want to see miracles in your life, if you want to see God do amazing things in your life, one way that we can set that atmosphere is by living a life of thanksgiving in all circumstances. You want to set that atmosphere of like God's supernatural power? That like when things are going bad, you're like, God, I'm so thankful that you're with me. And you're able to give thanks even in those situations. And you're starting to open, open that gateway for God's like supernatural power to break in. When we live a life of thanksgiving and praise to God in all circumstances, especially when situations are bad and dire, when circumstances are not looking good, when anxiety starts creeping in, when we're able to be thankful and we give praise in whatever situation that is, we're able to tap into God's supernatural power. God says it's a, it's a, 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 a peace that transcends our understanding. What is that? That's supernatural, right? It transcends our, the world sees it as like ghosts and and, you know, like, you know, they don't understand it. It's like, oh, it's a ghost, right? Right, or whatever it is. But God's telling us here, it's a, it's a peace that transcends our understanding. That's supernatural power. We don't understand it. We don't understand why, why this person is, like, so joyful, even though, like, all this, they just got fired from their job, right? And, and then their car got towed, right? And he just dropped his ice cream on the ground. And he's still so able to stay joyous. How? I don't understand it. It's because it's a joy that God gave that, that's from Him. It's a supernatural joy. Supernatural power. It's a supernatural peace. 
And we're able to tap into that when we give thanks to God in the way that He is worthy of. He is sovereign. He is good. He is for us. And He has already won the victory over sin and death. And that is the power of God that helps us to live a life of victory, but it's also the power of God that helps us to give thanks in all circumstances. You know, I want to I want to close this time with with uh, praise. Tiffany, if you can come up, and I want us all kind of stand up. Right? Let's all stand up. And I, and I want us to to go into a time of praising. We're going to sing that the last song that we sang earlier. But I want you guys to to understand that that aspect of thanksgiving is that it's not a transactional thing with God. It's not something that it's not lip service that we're giving to God, but it all flows from that relationship. And I want you to know today that if he's if you're not encountering God in that place, if you don't, if you feel far from God. You might feel really far from God, but it can change in an instant. You know, God doesn't expect you to get all right before Him, before you approach Him. You don't have, He's not going to put you through the motion. You just need a heart of repentance, and you just need a heart that says, God, I need you. I need you. I need you right now. And as you encounter that place of relationship, I want you to you don't you don't try to stir it up yourself, but I want you to to sit back and allow that gratitude to really come to the surface and for that thanksgiving that is beyond all circumstances, that go beyond all circumstances. That thanksgiving that comes from your relationship with the creator of the universe, the savior of the world. <laughs> The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace. He's He's right there. He's in front of you. Let's all close our eyes. Let's imagine Jesus. What do you guys what do you guys see when you imagine Jesus? Is he far? Is he distant? But I want you to know that he is close. He is closer than you can ever imagine. And He's telling you, I love you. I am for you. I am with you. Nothing in this world, in this universe, can separate my love from you. And as we get into that place, but we're encountering Him in that place of relationship. I want us to just give thanks to God. And let's praise Him. Let's worship Him. For He is worthy of our praise.